All right, you guys, I'm so excited to have my friend Rance here. Rance is, as you could tell from his introduction, a rock star, but more than that, he is just an amazing human. And we're going to have a really good, down-to-earth, powerful conversation that we want to just equip you with, inspire you with, and like bring the truth that you deserve. So Rance, welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I, it is an honor and pleasure to be on the Right Up Your Alley podcast. I love the acronym. I got to gas that up first <laughs> and foremost. I love being gassed up. <laughs> I am the hype girl of, you know, this zone, but you are the hype guy of my world, essentially. So thank you. <laughs> hey, vice versa, right back at you, all the things, East Coast, West Coast. Absolutely. I know. So you're coming to us from New York. You Mm -hmm. are from Atlanta originally. And Mm -hmm. really, you are just so you have your hand in so many different areas. You're so grounded. You have an amazing heart for God. And I just love talking and processing things with you. And I want to talk about something that some people might find uncomfortable, but we're going to reframe it. We're going to actually talk about something that is like such a cool opportunity and Mm. something that actually matters. And that is just like how to have a candid conversation about the climate in our country around racism, around growing up in the South where like it was a normal, just a freaking normal, almost encouraged. And now our world is changing, thank God. But how do we change with it? And how do we make sure that it is going in a direction that is going to, you know, allow our kids and our generation to be better? Absolutely. Let's get it. I'm excited. And uh, I think that's that's a big place where change can start by having conversations. Some conversations will be tougher than others, but going deep, getting vulnerable, humbling ourselves and leading with love can spur change in my personal opinion. Yeah, you're right. And I think you know, humility, you like really embody humility in such a great way. And I think you lead conversations. I know you have with you know, between us in many instances, how do you humbly come to a conversation not to correct, but to be in love? How do you lead with love? Because that takes a lot of courage, right? Yeah, for sure. Personally, what I've been doing is trying to set aside time to pray Mm -hmm. first and foremost before the conversation. Pray that the Holy Spirit will guide my thoughts, guide my words, guide my temper, (laughs) given that some of the topics and some of the opinions of the people that I'm talking to may stir up something in me mm. to get me to say something negative. I think that's that's the biggest key is, is just praying for hum- Holy Spirit humility and, and praying for grace and being slow to anger, but quick to listen. That's something that I've been trying to practice overall the past, let's say a year or so. I'm a very talkative guy. I get it from my dad. I love encouraging others. I love speaking into other people's lives and telling stories. And that's the actor in me. That's the the enthusiastic side of me. However, with that, sometimes I get carried away. So I've been trying to practice being quicker to listen. And oftentimes what I do, I literally put my hand over my mouth and I have to sit there And I try to keep my hand over my mouth until the person stops talking and then take a second to make sure they've stopped talking. And then I respond. So that's been my method thus far. And And it isn't sexy. (laughs) Yeah, it isn't sexy, but it's practical. And my hope is that it works because at the end of the day, as I mentioned before, I truly believe that the difficult, hard conversations and listening to each other can truly spur change. Absolutely. And I think 
changes changes the word of 2020 and mm. for better or for worse and what it feels like right now it's going to be better it really is right and yeah. it's up to us it's in our hands so i want to know one like in 2020 what have you been overcoming like as an african-american man in new york city from atlanta what are you observing us overcome and what are your hopes for like everything to come so personally, I myself have been, I think, just working hard to just get through and get by and do the best that I can, given the circumstances. Personally, I've been learning a lot about myself, learning what it means to be a follower of Christ who also happens to be a male, who also happens to be an African-American, and who also happens to have achondroplasia, which is the most common form of dwarfism. I'm four foot six. So just processing all of those things while also trying to lend my voice and lend my platform as an actor and an entertainer across my social channels, across my videos, while also trying to engage in conversations, the hard conversations with the people around me and with my social circles. So that's what I've been working through. And I don't know if it's overcoming, but that's something that I've really been diligently working through at this very moment. Mm. And then hopefully as, as a whole and as a country and as a world in 2020, we can overcome the coronavirus and the pandemic. That initially was the game changer that turned our whole 20 upside down, 2020 upside down. So hopefully we can come together and think less about ourselves, but about other people and have empathy for others and humble ourselves and lead with love to overcome COVID-19 so we can get back to a new normal, whatever that normal is going to look like. And then hopefully we can overcome some of the systemic injustices mm -hmm. and racist actions and laws and policies and things going on in the short term that will lead to long-term change. And with that, the fight against racism, the fight against the systemic injustices, that's a lifetime effort. Racism will never totally go away, but we can, of course, do our absolute best to overcome racism and overcome the sin of the world. Hey, because at the end of the day, racism is a sin issue and it's a heart issue and it's a mind issue. And personally, I think the Holy Spirit's got to change the hearts and the minds of people. Mm. Uh, all I'm called to do is to, to love on others and to speak out for what's right and do what's right and do my best to be more like Christ every single day. I find the fight against racism is kind of similar to being a believer yeah. and how, you know, we are saved by grace when we believe in Jesus Christ cool, we in, we're going to heaven. However, every day is a sanctification process. Every day we're trying to be more and more like Jesus Christ. And I find that sanctification process similar to the fight against racism. The ultimate goal is to eliminate racism, period. And every day we have to wake up and consciously and subconsciously do our best to speak up for what's right and be active in our communities and, and learn about others and lead with empathy to hopefully spur change and eliminate racism as much as we can. <laughs> yeah, 
Absolutely. And I think change takes a lot of courage. It's just yeah. the truth. And I think what so much of you're saying, and I loved when you said it, it's it's a heart matter. It's like a mind matter. Like we can learn things in our head, but until we really devote ourselves in our heart to creating and like being motivated and driven with courage in the change process, you're not going to mm-hmm. see the results that you're craving. What drives that? For you, what do you see for others to like with the courage? Like, how are they able to find that? How are you pulling that courage out of you and moving with it? Because there are a lot of people frozen right now in my world. I don't know if you've seen that, but I think there's a lot of paralysis analysis, you know? Yeah, personally, I mean, I've been nervous too. Nervous on what to say, how to say it, especially as an entertainer and and a person who does videos and makes content in which I talk about my personal experiences. Mm. So I've been nervous too. But one thing that keeps me going is not focusing on everybody, but just focusing on the people around me and my desire to see people be great. That's that's always my goal is I I always want to see the best in the people around me and the people that follow me and and with my friends. And I, I, I love encouraging. I love seeing people be great. <laughs> so just remembering that and my heart for people and letting my heart for people and, and my heart for encouragement push me beyond being afraid of what people may think about what I have to say about racism or what I have to say about Black Lives Matter or what I have to say on my social channels concerning all of these difficult issues. And that's been where I'm at so far. Ultimately, in general, I think it's it's just having a vision that's bigger than yourself, that's bigger than your fears, and that you can latch on to, and that will help you be bold about what you're doing. And personally, that, that also starts with prayer and just praying that the Holy Spirit speaks through me and that my heart is in the right place. Because I think if my heart is in the right place, even if I don't necessarily say the exact right thing, my heart is in a good place. I'm coming from a place of love and hopefully someone will receive it. Mm. Also, to the point of maybe white people being afraid, I think about elementary school, how, you know, when you're studying for social studies, for example, you know, when you first start out, you might not get a good grade on the test. You're going to make some mistakes because you, you still have to take the test. You still have to do it. You still have to to. To work. But when you first take those tests and quizzes, you might not get good grades. You're going to get corrected. There might be some scolding from your parents at home and some consequences because you made some mistakes. However, you got to keep going. Mm -hmm. You learn from your mistakes. I remember in elementary school, you get your test back, you have to take it home and then correct your mistakes and learn and grow from it. So then the next test you take, you're going to get that A. And similarly, When you speak out on certain issues and certain topics, you might not say the right thing, but that's when you learn. That's when you humble yourself. That's when you go, okay, what can I do better? How can I learn? What do I need to to say that I didn't say? And you'd be better for it. At least you tried. At least you said something. And then over time, you'll get more articulate. You'll learn more and you'll be better for it. And ultimately, hopefully, that'll lead to some change. Mm, It's really good. 
And I think, you know, so many people, and I think we were born and and raised in this way, going into really leaning into the metaphor around school, being A-driven, you know, like I'm I'm an A student, I do everything right. And it, that's a, it was like a lifestyle, it was a mindset, right? And A plus, plus, plus. Always, I'm the best. And you know what, innately, like we're not always the best at things. And there are subjects, yes, that we are weaker in, and you need to be okay with that. And I, and I observe in more of like the millennial generation, a lot of us, what we did was because we had participation trophies, instead of being maybe the fastest on the field, that didn't really matter as much anymore. It was like, I'm on every field. I'm in every room. That's how right. I find my value. That's how I show that I'm the best. And for some reason, it has set us up to be even more failure adverse than any other generation. And then, okay, let's project everything that we say, do, and represent ourselves as and put it in a bio and in squares on social media. Mm-hmm. It puts you in a... Yeah, you, you don't have the opportunity to fail. Exactly. Because everything, every, every move that you make... Mm-hmm. Is recorded and judged and given mm-hmm. a monetary number to show the value that was seen in those around it. And mm-hmm. I do think, you know, what a perfect crockpot of like complete mayhem when it comes to learning and admitting, I have no idea what I'm doing. I didn't even know I was doing anything wrong, you know? And and all of a sudden, oh, I'm so failure adverse. I can't even hop into that crockpot. Like I can't handle that pressure. I have all this other pressure I will explode. I think that's something that I'm observing in a lot of people. And it's almost, you know, allowing yourself to learn and be in square one or in, you know, square negative 43 and understand that you're going to still progress forward. It's not an A-B system. It's not a, you know, we're not in elementary school anymore. Hopefully we can all link arms instead of judge each other. And that's what I'm really pushing for in the people that I coach. I'm doing like a lot of diversity trainings right now. And it's not, I'm not judging you and where you are, where your business is. That's not where we are, but let's be real about it. And let's remove the pressure, pressure release, where are you at? Mm-hmm. And and similar to your point, I think we, we, we can't confuse consequences with cancellation. Mm-hmm. We, we got to keep each other accountable, of course. And there sometimes will be consequences for your actions and for your mistakes and for the things that you say on social media or don't say on social media. And sometimes that may, I say that very tentatively, may warrant cancellation Mm -hmm. however more often than not what we're seeing is when people make a mistake especially the ones where it's it's a mistake many years ago it's canceled we're done we're over and there's no opportunity for that person to grow there's no opportunity for that person to learn there's no opportunity for that person to want to change especially if they have money and they're already established i mean I personally think that if a wealthy person gets canceled for saying something racist way back when or doing something dumb and they just get canceled, okay, cool. What good does that do? They're just going to go continue to be rich in their house with their rich friends and just lay low, not learn anything, not want to learn anything. And then what? What, what, what? what good did that do? Yeah. Then we just have shutdown too. Then like, we just have shutdown. shutdown do? <laughs> and 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 what 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 good does a shutdown do when the ultimate goal is 
change. And the ultimate goal is learning. And the ultimate goal is for everyone to be on the same page and love each other and have empathy towards one another. And like you say, link arms. So that's that's one thing that I'm seeing a lot of is 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 like, wow, man, we're, we're, we're jumping to conclusions and we're jumping to make judgment when now we got to take we got to take a breath, hold the person accountable and hold our friends accountable. But let's not cancel relationships, familial or friendships, just because someone says something that we don't agree with or that is problematic. Going yeah. back to our earlier conversation, when we were talking about having those conversations, mm-hmm. those are the deep, most important conversations that we need to be having. The ones with the people who you want to cancel. Yeah. <laughs> Call them out, but do it in a way that's productive and meaningful so we can all move forward. Yeah, that's so good. And, you know, in interpersonal communication, took it in college and I was like, why am I in this class? Turns out learned a lot. And there were a lot of things that I didn't understand about communication from the family that I came from. There was a lot of canceling where I was like, oh, silence. Didn't mm. like that silence treatment. That's not healthy. I do not abdicate for any of that, right? But like those were foundational and generational issues that needed to be worked through. And that was something that I learned. And I was like, oh, so when, when you don't like something, you just stop it. Like you stop interacting with it. And I had to learn through dating and through friendships. And then in this inner, inner communication class and personal communication that there is this thing called conflict resolution that you can Mm. you know go through when you care about someone but conflict resolution cycles always break when you do them over and over and over because you can't lean on the process you need to be able to lean on a foundation and Mm. we have a foundational issue Some of us do. And in our country, I know that we do. That's what we're seeing. And being okay in a relationship, being okay with understanding, oh, this is a foundational issue. That doesn't mean we have to cancel or, you know, be gone forever or break it off forever, whatever that looks like. But we do need to do work. Mm -hmm. Being okay with acknowledging the work and that in the process, there's going to be a a loop continually of conflict resolution until the bricks are laid correctly. And then eventually that resolution cycle can be, you know, something you're not leaning into as much. But again, understanding that those two processes need each other in order for them to each be valid. And I think, you know, when we we're in a country where we weren't taught that in school, we weren't always taught that at home, but understanding that grace and in the Bible, we see Jesus do that all the time. Like, you know, that foundation right there, like he was sent because we couldn't set a foundation that was solid enough. Right. It, God was yeah. like, here's a hack because y'all can get it together. <laughs> Jesus got the key codes. Exactly. Yes. This is the ultimate hack. Exactly. I swear. That's like my favorite thing to say. And and being able in this time to look at that truth and then be like, oh, okay. So even when I come up short, I have God, but that doesn't mean that I'm I'm out on fixing this foundation. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't, and I think that's where that linking arms comes from. So Mm -hmm. understanding too that these courageous conversations and the acknowledgement of the these uncomfortable things and these mistakes that happened in the past and will happen in the future that we're working to resolve that all is covered in God's grace. But our motivation is not just to be like, well, I'm imperfect. Like we're proactive in it. I think that's really important as Christians because I've I've had quite a few conversations of like, well, I mean, I'm imperfect. And I'm like, yeah, but the work will be done now or later. You're going to do it. It doesn't absolve you from action. 
Um, exactly. That, that's something that I see a lot of, uh, or a certain group of Christians. It's like, well, you know, we live in a broken world. Well, you know, this is crazy, crazy times that we're living in, you know, just praying for the best. No, uh, 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 Jesus called it how he saw it. When he saw injustice, he called it out. And, and I firmly believe that Christians should be the first, if they are truly followers of Jesus Christ, to see the injustices in the world and to call it out, call it how they see it and do everything that they can to humbly fix the problems. Amen. That's a hard issue. At the end of the day, we can't fix people. We can't force people to change their mind and their hearts. But we certainly can be active and proactive in the way we learn, in the way that we speak to others, the way we love others, the way we speak up for the oppressed, speak up for the immigrants, speak up for the people who do not have the same opportunities as we do, mm-hmm. while also acknowledging that there is an issue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I just said this, but Jesus was for justice and he wasn't like, you're damned and you're damned and you're damned. Like he was like, hey, like, let's go over here and talk about the issue. I'm not going to say like you're screwed up and in, you're damned unless you do this. I'm just going to give a really good example and mm. talk to you in some metaphors so you're convicted but you again are not feeling damned and i think we can go into these conversations to be like hello you seem extremely broken and racist and i think we should do something about it (laughs) that's really not going to do much right (laughs) it's not a lot of people have defense mechanisms how do we meet someone where they are well let's work on us yeah work on our heart let's work on our education let's lead by example and then from there be able to go to these conversations and love and not have to be so direct and demeaning, but mm. proactive and life-giving because mm-hmm. it's our hot pot, our heart posture has power. It has so much power. And again, Jesus taught us that over and over, get right with God because that's yeah. powerful. Yeah. And that's, and that's going back to what we talked about earlier. You know, how do you get prepared for these conversations? Thinking about Jesus. Jesus was spending a lot of time in prayer, <laughs> a lot of time getting to a quiet place very early in the morning. Jesus got up, went to the mountain and prayed. How much more should we be doing the same thing before we engage on social media, before we go post, before we go even, even go protest and, and go do all of the other things? We got we to start in the quiet place to prepare our minds and to prepare our hearts for this crazy war, mm-hmm. which is not of this world. Amen. It is so true. And, you know, Jesus is the ultimate victory. The battle is won, the ultimate battle, but we live in a battlefield. And Mm. sometimes when things look grim, it's really easy to forget the victory that is already ours. Mm. That doesn't mean you need to ditch the armor. That doesn't mean you need to ditch the sword. You know, he has given us everything we need, but if we do not lean into it and remember that truth, we are without. Yep. And you get burnt out. That's Amen. how you get burnt out and, and you get fatigued. That's where the, the hopelessness sets in. Mm. And, and without my faith in God and without my faith in Christ and knowing that he sees over all of this, is it's dire out there. I know. Checking social media, checking Twitter, checking Instagram, seeing all the news, the, the next case of police brutality. Mm. The next Karen going crazy in the grocery store, the, the craziness that's coming out of the White House, it's so heavy and, and, it, and it feels hopeless. But again, that's why it's all the more important to tap in with God, have that quiet time, start with prayer, seek God first, 
seek his will and and seek him also on how to maneuver and how to figure out what's my lane to overcome all that's going on in 2020 and for the rest of my life. Yeah, absolutely. And he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Talk to him. In this in this time, that's I cling to that because everything mm. you just said it can get you down and it can get you down fast and deep. Yep. But just clinging to the truth of what God says and mm-hmm. then having these conversations, this gives me life, right? Like it was of God that the day that everything happened with George Floyd, we had a call. If we had not had that call, I think I would have not because you spoke so much life and truth even in a time where i wasn't being attacked you were right Mm. it wasn't about me it wasn't as close to home for me but like i by the grace of god got to talk with you and Mm. just believing for god's positioning and his truth and that victory claiming it that does some big things and and we can be used when we believe that so thank you for being that and thank you for being here and i want to know in this time, how do we support you? Woo. Maybe less me. Just keep doing what you can to, to learn and to grow and to fight racism, fight for what's right and for justice for all. Wear your mask. Know that even though you may not necessarily be affected by coronavirus and all that's going on, there are other people that are 100% being affected at this very moment by coronavirus and racism and systemic injustices in our country and in the world. So please do what you can to let that sink in, process that, and do your best to live authentically to fight against those things. And then, yeah, I guess once all this pans out, I guess, I'm an actor. Hope to get back to acting very, very soon. You can follow me online at Rance Nix. Uh, that's where I post video content. Also, if there is anyone out there looking for a dope, confident, cool, charming host or actor, I'm your guy and I would love to work together. <laughs> Finally, real estate funds all of my dreams. So if any of you are ever in New York City and need help buying, renting, or selling a home, feel free to reach out. And I'd love to connect in general. If any of you all out there picked up what I was putting down, let me know. If anyone wants to talk further, I'd love to have a conversation. I hope that what I shared resonated with some people out there. And I hope it lands softly on your hearts. And I hope that you're encouraged. And all that being said, thank you for this opportunity, Allie, to be on Right Up Your Alley. This is so fun. I'm, I'm encouraged myself. And I hope you're encouraged. And I hope your listeners are encouraged as well. They will be. Thank you for being you. And thank you for being here.